write a short story every week. It's not possible to write 52 bad short stories in a row. Ray Bradbury. Welcome to Angry Typewriter, a podcast about writing and the writing life. I'm Paul, and it's time for our not-actually-weekly Short Story Saturday episode. I've really tried to keep it weekly, but things have been crazy. In any case, today's short story is one of mine, partly because I haven't had a lot of time to read other short story collections. I'll be correcting that in the future. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a great day. Union Jack. I'm sitting at the bar minding my own damn business when a 300-pound leprechaun stumbles over his elf shoes and nearly knocks me off my stool. Green beer sloshes out of my mug and onto the floor. St. Patrick's Day in an Irish bar comes with hazards, and Lucky here is the least of them. I look at his green elf hat and glass eye with a shamrock for a pupil and remember arresting him about a year ago. Even calling the Blarney Stone an Irish bar seems a stretch. The decor is more what you'd find in a kitschy Italian restaurant. The walls covered with photographs of Italian celebrities from Sinatra to the Pope. The only evidence of an Emerald Isle connection is a large Irish flag above the stage and a sign that reads, Dogs and Englishmen not allowed. Ethnicity aside, it's a typical college hangout, with one notable exception, no dance floor. That's only noticeable because of the number of girls trying to dance beside the tables. Each time a girl's hips move more than they would when walking, a bouncer rushes over and stops them. Well, good evening, my boy, a voice says coldly from the other side of the bar. Another beer? I look over and see James Donovan, bar owner father of my new girlfriend Kathleen, mobster. Hello, sir. Sure. He leans down to grab a mug and catches a glimpse of the tattoo peeking beneath the edge of my sleeve. What the fuck is that? He snarls. I push the sleeve further up my bicep to reveal a Union Jack inside the outline of a heart. It's a tattoo. Don't be a wise-ass boy, Donovan says. You see that sign over there? He points to the dogs and Englishmen not allowed sign. I saw it, but I'm a Texan. It's my mom who's English, from Manchester. Figures, he says. And what about your dad? He a bloody Brit too? German, and a federal prosecutor. Donovan's face flushes crimson, but before he can speak, someone's behind me, tapping me on the shoulder. Your table's ready, sir. I turn to see a waitress, maybe 18 years old, with dyed green hair, holding a tray of drinks. She gives me a quick smile. Right this way, there's an empty table over here. I slide off the stool, but Donovan stops me. Is that true about your dad, he asks. I knew that would get him. No, I lie. He's actually a mechanic, but after you disrespected my mom. Donovan smiles and then nods. The waitress seats me at a small table near the stage and puts down a shot. She turns to leave, but I put a hand on her arm. Why is there no dancing allowed? Zoning ordinance, she says. 
were too close to the First Baptist Church. Before I can ask what the hell this means, there's a deafening crash a few tables away. Then shouting and fists flying and the smack of bones and muscle. A wild-eyed, solid man wades into the scrum, cracking guys' heads, knees, backs, shoulders with a sawed-off pool cue as he goes. It's Eddie Donovan, Kathleen's brother. I recognize him from the mugshot the Cabeds gave me. One beefy guy punches a bystander in the face, who crumples in a heap. Eddie steps from his blind side, dislocates his knee with the cue, and cracks the guy on the top of the head as he falls. His blood spurts across Eddie's face, but Eddie just keeps swinging. His father sprints to his side faster than I expect for a man of his bulk. Hey, you little shit, he says, glaring down at the guy. Stop bleeding on my floor. His voice is cold, flat, devoid of emotion. I've got him, Pop, Eddie says, grabbing the man by the collar. Old man Donovan claps a meaty hand on his son's shoulder. We pay people for that kind of scut work, son, he says, and steers Eddie back to the bar. Both men grin at me, shove through the gawking crowd, and pass my table. Eddie slaps the bloody pool cue into his open palm. The show now over, I throw back the shot of whiskey the waitress left me. Suddenly, the crazy-eyed brother is back, sitting at my table, still slapping the pool cue into his palm. His smile has vanished, his mouth now a tight slit, and blood still drips from his face. For a second, I think I'll have to shoot him, which will totally fuck my cover. Before I can reach for the gun in my boot, Kathleen appears behind her brother. She grabs one of his ears and jerks down hard, yanking him out of the chair and onto his knees. Jesus, he screams. Let go of me, you crazy bitch. I told you not to pull any of your crazy macho shit, she screams back. She looks over at her father, who's grinning broadly. I told both of you. She throws a vicious knee into her brother's spine, and he pitches face first onto the floor. Let's go, she says. There's an English pub down the street with a more agreeable clientele. We walk past her father behind the bar. Enjoy your evening, lad, he says. My daughter won't always be around to protect you. As we stride across the parking lot, I grab her hand. It feels hot. I glance at her face. She is flushed and beaming. At that moment, I realize my new angel could be the most dangerous Donovan of all. Maybe I'll use my handcuffs on her later. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Angry Typewriter. I hope it's been both informative and entertaining, especially for you writers out there. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I hope you'd also consider clicking on the support this podcast link on the Anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep these episodes coming, and it will also go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again. Thank you.